Are you guys buddies? Yeah. Then separate. Hop in the back. One of you guys in the back. One of you guys in the back. Go on, one of you in the back. You can sit right here. I know, and you're awesome. I loved watching you worship today. That was so cool. Can I tell you that that just blessed my heart to see your arm up and you were actually singing? I was singing. Were you? I was What were you singing? Excellent. Good job. You know why? Because it's awesome. It's awesome to worship the Lord. I like that song. Right? How does that feel in your heart to sing songs to God? Good. Right? How does it feel? How does it feel like, all right, in this crazy little world, what are you guys always trying to grow? What are you trying to get? Like, what's, what's in the world that you're trying to get, like, with other people? Are you trying to be friends with people? Money. Right? Like, when you go to school, you're trying to get friends and whatever. Right? Get rich. Eli, come on now, Hoss. <laughs> What's that? Oh, you're trying to get rich. What good is rich going to get you? So I can have a limo. What are you going to do with a limo? Hey, what happens in school, guys, when the teacher's talking? I talk. No, that's not the proper way to do it. Right? You know that you got to be quiet. So if you, if you listen, if you listen, you'll hear something, all right? So maybe I came up with the world's worst idea, putting you all together in one place. Right? Did I come up with a bad idea? Or can you guys, or can you guys show me your ability to, to just quiet down a little bit? Right? Yep. Yes, you do, buddy. That's not... We're not playing jokester, okay, bud? See, I'm trying to teach you something. Do you want to learn? Do you want to learn, buddy? Do you want to learn? Huh? Why you got no shoes on? I always, I always take them off. Take me with you. Yeah? How many of you guys are going to go? Well, I'm going to Tennessee, so you got a 10-hour car ride. No bathroom breaks. All right, so we're going to practice. We're going to practice doing just like we do in school because did you know that the message of God that I speak to these guys is good for you guys? Did you know that? Like you can actually learn something. And I have to practice this a lot. Ask, ask my wife or anybody who knows me that I have to take this thing and I got to go and I got to open up these things and I got to pay attention to what's going on around me. And it helps me because sometimes people actually say stuff that will help me. What do you think? But if I just keep going like this, then I never learn anything. How many, how many, husbands, how many husbands have come to learn that? Jody's the only husband that hasn't. <laughs> well, keep going, buddy, because it's coming. All right. All right, here we go. Grab a seat. Thank you. All right, if you need to, if you're fidgety, you can grab your crayons or your coloring books. But I want to tell you guys that the message of God is as much for you as it is for big people. That you guys are just as valuable as big people. Like church isn't just for big people, it's for all people, right? 
Because God made you perfectly and wonderfully in his image, and he loves you ridiculously. Right? Can you hear that? All right. So we're talking about happy birthday. Whose birthday is it? Well, that's a great question. He said, whose birthday is it? What we're talking about, what we're talking about is spiritual birthday. Do you know what that is? Do you know what a spiritual birthday is? What is it? You get presents? Well, that, maybe not, other than the presence of God in your heart, always. Nope. So... A spiritual birth, and what we're talking about is when we're born again. So that means when we take Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we receive Holy Spirit in us. Amen? And that's a good thing. So, so the date you do that is your born again date, or I call it your reborn date. Do you know what that is? Who's listening, Eli? Me. Right? So the date you receive Jesus as your Savior is your born again date. Whatever day it was, whatever year it was, so for an example, October 23rd, 2022, might be the day that you say, Jesus, I want a relationship with you. And if you remember over the last nine weeks, what have we been talking about? The Great Commission. And why is, how would this tie with that? Eli, could you go sit by your mama? It's okay. You can take a moment for church. I might. I love that boy. I love that boy. If the worst thing, if the worst thing in life that I ever have to deal with is rambunctious kids, hallelujah. Right? Like, I think in church, we're, it's hard to pay attention sometimes when kids are, are being kids. But what do, we, what do we expect from them? Right? Like, I love these guys. And I'm so glad that they're here. And we're going to get through the message, though, because you guys are going to behave, right? And I know it's hard. Oh, yeah, now that you tell me to be quiet. Well, i got to tell these guys to be quiet, and i got to tell them to not go to the snack table all the time, and you don't need to go to the bathroom six times during a message. i got to tell everybody in the room that. Well, I don't get to go to the bathroom because i got to talk, right? And you're looking there right after service. So what does it what does it mean and how does this how would this tie to anything? How would it tie to the Great Commission? How would it tie to the Great Commission? Okay. And would would this be a destination of the Great Commission? that we make disciples, right? And so we want people to come to the point of understanding who Jesus Christ is. But now, so we went through that whole thing about the Great Commission and all that's great and well and good and fine and dandy, but what does it mean for us as well? So something has to change in us, and we certainly talked about that enough, right? No, no we didn't. Because we never do. We can never talk about it enough because one thing's for certain is Guess what? Christians leak. Yeah, we leak. So we hear great information. We take all this stuff in. And by Wednesday, we're like, what do you say? 
right? Like how many of you guys in school, you hear something and that remember that one day when you were paying attention yeah. and you learned, you learned stuff and then, and then it came time for a test, how'd you do? Some of us did good and some of us failed miserably because we forgot stuff, right? Well, every day, I'm not saying that life is a test, but certainly life is maybe a pop quiz. Maybe a pop quiz. And, and we're always presented with opportunities to give Jesus Christ to everyone else. But how do we do it and why do we do it? Do we see any value in it? Do we remember the value of our born-again date? Yes. Do we see the importance of the message of Jesus Christ or do we not? A date worth celebrating. Have a party. Right? Is it good to have a party on your born-again date? Can it be something that you celebrate? Well, you guys were talking about have a cake. Why not? Oh, we can do we can do something else for you. But isn't it worth celebrating that day when you gave your life to Jesus? No, thank you. No, thank you. We don't kick. All right. So it's worth doing. So we get to do cool stuff on that date. And why would we want to celebrate that? Why would we want to celebrate it? To remember, amen. Remember that day. It's a monumental day in our lives. But we, we relegate it or we take it back or little it down to almost nothing. You can forget after a while, well, what day was that that I gave my life to the Lord? But I would say it's every bit as important as the date you were physically born. is the day you were spiritually born, if not more important. Right? Like you can have that debate inside yourself and try figure out which one's more important, but does it matter? So I'm going to pray and then we'll start the message. So Father God, we love you and we thank you, Lord. I thank you for all these kids. I thank you for rambunctious hearts. I thank you for the energy that you've placed in them. Lord God, the way that you love each and every one of them. And I pray, Father God, that you would touch them and that you would bless them in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would give them peace and Father God, all the things that these kids face in a day that they face in their life, Father God, would you help them to heal from it? Would you help them to receive your goodness and your grace? Would you help each and every one of us to just love our littles? That Father God, they're only little for a moment, so Father, can we teach them how to grow and how to rise up above everything and, and understand how valuable and beautiful and incredible they are. And Father God, by loving the kids, can we understand how beautiful and lovable we are? Father God, would you restore a right spirit in us as it says in your word, renew a right spirit in me. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. So take away the scars today as we talk about our born-again date and we talk about making disciples and we talk about all this stuff, God. Would you help each and every one of us to recover? That we would celebrate our birth. That we would celebrate your cleansing and healing power, Lord. We love you and we thank you in the name of Jesus. So if you have your Bibles... The book of John, chapter 3. What's that? What were you doing there? Yeah, <laughs> 
So John chapter 3. Okay, yep. Say yep. Yep, that's Genesis, so if you go back here, that's in the New Testament. Good job grabbing your Bible, man. I'm proud of you. Oh, my God. Right? No, it's, you know what? Each and every one of us learn, and we'll get there one day. One day it'll be like second nature, but only if we practice. So now go to chapter 3. These are the chapter numbers. Go to 3. All right. Everybody there that wants to be there? Almost. We're getting there. All right. It's the kind of figure about where, where he is. So the book of John. Now you're one. Oh, what's that say? What's that say? So see about where he's at? See how he's in that, that last quarter of the Bible there? This is called the New Testament. Why is it called the New Testament? It's called the New Testament because it's new. It's not old. And there's something different in there. So see where it says three? Well, they're all just different. And that's the neat thing about them. Everybody's got a different Bible. And sometimes we have different words. And that's just how they translate. But, but I want to read this. Can I read this for you guys? Excellent. All right. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, why did he go to him by night? What would have happened if he, a Pharisee, would have gone to Jesus in the middle of the day when all his boys were watching? Right? How many of y'all, how many of y'all kind of creep around like, well, I don't know, man. How many of you say I'm busy on Sunday morning and how many of you say I'm going to church? How many of you, when you first gave your life to the Lord, said, yeah, I'm going to church? You were, like, proud of it. Like, I think maybe I was in a different place, but I certainly see, like, or your friends have a limit about how many times it's cool to go to church. Who's got a number of how many times it's cool to go to church in a week? Me. How many times? A thousand. A thousand times in a week. Good luck with that one. All right, realistic number. How many times is cool to go to church a week? 50. And how many is not cool? 50,000. Zero times. What do you got? Okay, now that's, all right, so the deal is some people have a number like it's okay to go to church on Sunday. Some people have a number it's okay to go to church on Sunday and Wednesday. But any more than that, any more outside of the time that it's cool to go to church, we kind of sneak around and we just tell people we're busy. How many of you guys have other things that you do that you sneak around? Like if anybody knew what you were doing. Anybody got that? Maybe that one, one or two things? Like, well, here he is. It's not such a big offense, except, except this is Jesus that he's going to, and the Pharisees the Pharisees weren't believing Jesus to be who Jesus was. Shh. You can sit right here, put your legs forward. The Pharisees, the Pharisees didn't want to believe Jesus for who he was supposed to be. So who was Jesus supposed to be and why would they pitch a fit against it? Jesus was supposed to be the Messiah, right? He's the chosen one. He's this king. He's this warrior. He's all this stuff. And the Pharisees are like, 
dude, you're not him. So to have a Pharisee come to him by night, and he said to him, he called him Rabbi or Rabboni. Why would he call him? He knew. This Pharisee knew something was up with Jesus. He knew something was up. So he comes to him at night. He addresses him as teacher. We know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So is he saying that it's a womb, a trip back to the womb, or what's he saying? What's the water? Baptism. So receiving the Spirit. So he's talking about this. And how are you going to see or how are you going to walk into the kingdom of God? And then how does this tie to the Great Commission? You see, we have to remember that we're trying to lead people to something. We're trying to show them something greater than what the world is showing them. Because if we believe Jesus is who he is, then we believe that it is by his power, by his grace, by his love, by his death, burial, and resurrection that we are actually saved. And so what a message to teach people. Like, do you understand? Does that make sense? Like Jesus came and he died on the cross. He was buried and he rose again so that you could live. That's how cool Jesus is, and that's how awesome he thinks you are. Right? Like, you got to get that straight. Like, that doesn't make sense in our heads, does it? Like, because everybody else will say, dude, you got this thing or you're that thing or whatever, right? How many times does somebody tell you you are awesome and you are loved and that I would give my life so that you could live? Me. Right? Like, we don't understand that, and we're done with snacks. We don't eat these here on the tables, but thank you. Um... How many times do we believe that we're that good, that amazing? And if we actually believed it, then wouldn't we want to give that away? But it's one thing to believe. And yet something so beautiful in baptism, something so beautiful in receiving the Holy Spirit, something so empowering, it's an entire message. And we, as we are taught to go and make disciples, we should probably know what a disciple is. We should probably have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. Like, why am I going to teach anybody anything about something that I don't even know about? So how am I going to learn? How am I going to know about it? Somebody should come up with this one. It's pretty close to a Sunday school answer. Me. This thing. Right? So it's important for us to know right here in the Bible. It's right here in the Bible. You can sit here. So it's right here in the Bible. This is how we know. This is how we learn right here. Like the word of God is speaking to us. Good job, guys. Awesome. Awesome to be right there on John. You're not on John. You were. I even helped you get there, bro. I even helped you get there and you ditched me, Holmes. 
All right, so it's important. It's really, really important to know. So he's saying, he's telling us, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Shh. Unless God is with him, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Is there value in seeing the kingdom of God? Is there value in understanding the kingdom of God? Is there value in understanding the blessing that is God? Otherwise, what are we doing? Like, what's the point? Because I don't want to go to church just to go to church. That makes no sense at all. Because I got a lot better things to do than just go and sit with a bunch of folks, sit with a bunch of rambunctious kids who are kicking stuff around and breaking glasses. I got better stuff to do. I do. How about you? Anybody else got something better to do? Right, like if you, were, if you knew what your kid was going to act like, would you have your kid? You would. You absolutely would. Because, <laughs> I consider putting them back in. But these guys are a blessing, and guess what? Guess what? Just the same way, like we talked about before, just the same way, you can go sit right behind your mom. Go sit behind your mom. You know what you did. You're not being punished. It's just a lot of responsibility to it's just a lot of responsibility to sit somewhat quietly. All right? So So there's blessing in this. There's blessing in it. Nope. All right. So if you go now, Dab, where are we going? Colossians! And you, and you left your finger in the book, didn't you? No? Uh-oh, now you got to find it. Now you got to find it. That's quick. All right, Colossians 2. Colossians 2. You see, this is important because this is really important to get because we're trying to establish something, a way that we're to behave and things that we're to do so that other people would want to know who Jesus is. Yep, keep going. Yep, pass the Corinthians. If you, if you turn it right side up, it'll be a lot easier. And keep going backwards. Yep, keep going. All right. <clears throat> All right, so here's the skinny. If we're going to show people, if we're going to show people who Jesus is, if we're going to walk out who Christ is, if we're going to make disciples, if we're going to follow the Great Commission, then there's things that we should do. Right? We talked about it last night a little bit. And how do we get rid of emotional ties to pieces of the scripture that we don't like? How do you do that? How are you going to do it? Because this book really aggravates me. It made me stop doing a lot of the stuff that I was really good at doing. I'm going to pray for God to give me tougher skin. <laughs> okay. I'm going to pray that he heals you and you don't need that tougher skin. Ooh. Right? Like right? Yeah. Right, but I mean, this book 
aggravates me. It aggravates me because it calls me to something I never thought I could do. And if you're reading it and you're not challenged by it, get a different one because the one you got broken. It would have to be, wouldn't it, Henry? <laughs> like, like there's something just wrong with it because, boy, this, this just gets to you. It gets all up in you. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. As you receive Christ Jesus, who received Christ as our Lord and Savior? All right, so you've been given Jesus in you through the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Jesus Christ lives in you. God the Father lives in you. There's something in you. You need to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ as in what did Jesus teach us? What did Jesus show us? And why aren't we walking that out? Right? What gets in the way of us walking it out? Because just because you go to church on Sunday does not mean that you're a good representation of Jesus Christ on Monday. How many of you got it all jacked up by the time the Packer game's done? Anybody get emotional over foosball? And I mean football. Right? So maybe there's a sinner three by the end of it? Like, why did Rodgers throw another interception? Or why didn't he hit the... How many of you guys can see the wide-open receiver? He launches the ball to the far side, and there's a wide-open receiver on the left side. You can see it playing his day, but he's got to pick his favorite. Because so-and-so is hot today and can catch, so he's not going to throw to that guy that's wide open. Well, the play was designed to go to the right side, and he won't even look to the left side. He's like, dude! What is the matter with you? And that's just a small example. I can't use all the language that's shared around the TV throughout America on football Sundays. I can't even share with you all the language that's shared in the high school bleachers during a game. Have any of you guys sat near the bleachers where the student section is in the high school lately? I don't hear that kind of language in the tavern. I'm like, oh my gosh, who is your mom? But then I remember, oh yeah, I once was like that. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying that we can be a better example, me included. Right? I need to be rooted and grounded and built up in him in faith. We were taught something. Colossians 3, 1 to 2. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. So it's kind of interesting that we talked, we started out with the littles, and we asked what they're looking for in school. Well, out of two of them, they said money and to become rich. What are we teaching? What are we showing? And it's not a parental failure. It's not. It's a Western culture failure. It's a Christian failure. And tell you what, it's not just mom's responsibility to raise the kids. Dads, where are you? Where are the dads? Where are the dads? Where, where are the men in America raising children? Where are we? Why, well, my kid ain't my responsibility. 
Really? Who said that? Like it's tough, it's tough because you know what, why did I bring these guys up here? Isn't there an easier way to do this? Like just go to the basement. Well, I can't see you and I can't hear you. Go to the basement. Ow. We're not doing that. This is a Bible and we're not, let it go, let it go. We'll set it down, right? We're not, I'm sorry. We're not gonna do that, right? But what is, what's the word telling us? If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So what did Jesus teach us while he was here? While his ministry was active on this earth, what did he teach us? Do you know? And where are you going to find out? Right here in this book, we get to see what he did. What did he say about the kids? Because I looked. I looked. I could swear that it said, send those little vermin to the basement. Get them away from me. No, you know what Jesus said about y'all? As, as rambunctious as you are, he said, come to me, kids. Come to me. And he wanted you to come to him. Why? Because he loves you. Because one of the neat things is you're not as tainted by the world as we are. Like when we look, when the adults look through to the world, we have all these glasses, these lenses over the top of us, and we don't see. All we see is that you're rambunctious sometimes. All we see is that sometimes you don't get your schoolwork done. All we see is sometimes this world is a hard place and we've developed scar tissue, so we start acting in ways that are not honoring to God or the Word of God. So he said to come to me, kids, because you guys, if you learn the way to go now, you're going to be better off than we are. Right? Like you guys are valuable to the kingdom of God. I'm not saying you adults aren't. I'm saying the kids are valuable. So how do we love the kids? Is this not part of our mission field? And I'm not saying that Sunday school is a bad thing. Don't hear me that. I'm just saying that right now we don't have a Sunday school. We don't have an appropriate place to send our children so that they too can learn the word of God. But we'll keep praying because why? Because you guys are valuable to Jesus Christ. You guys are part of the kingdom of God. You matter to God, and therefore you matter to me. So what else do we got here? Colossians 3, 3 and 4. For have you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God? When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You see, so what did it say before this? Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So if you were raised with Christ, you must have died with Christ. So how do we die to self and rise up in Christ Jesus? Does that make sense? Are we understanding that? That we join him in his death, burial, and resurrection. We rise anew. We rise to be someone new. We rise to not seek the things of the world. For you have died and your life is hidden within Christ God. How many of you guys can honestly say that when people see you, they see Christ? Right? Like, even I make a mockery of it. I'm supposed to be the pastor and the great teacher. 
I need to hear these messages, whether you all are listening or not. I say it almost every week. I don't care if nobody's here. I need to hear it. I need to be reminded. I need to have a reminder, and I need to have a relationship with the Word of God because it leads to a life and a life of abundance. Amen? So when we talk about, and our little kids are talking about, I want to be rich. Rich in what? Rich in what? But how are we modeling it? How are we doing the things? It's tough. I get it. Colossians 3, 5, and 6. This is where, this is where it gets tough. Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Because this, these are the things that burn my bacon because I had to give them up. I had to give them up, right? But I was good at it. It was killing me, but I was good at it. He said, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. What's earthly in you? Sexual immorality. Anybody guilty? How about impurity or passion, evil desire? covetousness which is idolatry the word tells us to be content and to be joyful Paul says count it all as joy and somehow we struggle because all we see is the things of the world the bright shiny things that try to draw our attention away from the actual real prize you see somewhere along the lines we deal with relationships through immoral sexual relationships and that's supposed to be fulfilling right so every time we find ourselves drawn to the same kind of thing doing the same thing and expecting a different result anybody else like how did I end up here again well, you did the same thing. But it's different. I waited four days. This person's different. This guy is different. How many say this guy's different? <laughs> or this girl, this time, this girl's different. Anybody else? I know that I know that I know that I know where I was and how I was. That I fooled myself on other things. I'm a recovering drug addict and a recovering alcoholic. What do you think was different every time I used? Nothing. And somehow, even though I knew that what I was doing was wrong and was killing me, I stayed in that lane and operated in that as though something was going to be different, only to wake up with an empty wallet and a broken heart and just guilt-filled and shame-filled again. So then I just went right back into it. And if you don't repeat, if you don't stop the cycle circle, you're going to stay in the cycle circle and you're going to keep repeating the same behaviors. But I gave my life to the Lord. Well, you might have given your life to the Lord, but you ain't listening to him now. Anybody else been there, done that? Right? And so what do we do? At some point in time, we have to recognize that getting out of the circle, getting out of that cycle circle, means that we get into the grave with Jesus Christ, we join with him in his death, burial, and resurrection, and we rise again. 
He lives in a circle, but not a psycho circle. He lives in a circle of eternal life and love, right? There is no beginning, there is no end in God, right? He's the Alpha and the Omega. He is everything, and something changes. And it has to change, because how are we going to do what we keep doing and then say that we're trying to make disciples? We keep doing the same behavior, except now we go to church, and so what? Why has the church failed for over 2,000, over 6,000 years? Why? Have you read the Old Testament and have you watched as these guys listen to what God says, like, if you do this, this, and this, you will get this? Well, surely he didn't mean that. Oh, yes, he did. How many of you guys know that if you do this, this, and this, you're going to get that? Only to find yourself doing this, this, and this, and then you get that and you're all surprised. What's going to change if nothing changes? Right? So how do we raise our kids? How do we raise our kids? Do we raise our kids to be victims of this world? Or do we teach them that they can be more, that they can rise above, that there is a hope and a future in Christ Jesus? Right? Like chasing after the riches of this world ain't going to get you jacked but confused and lost and hurt and broken. That Jesus is the only way to a true life of happiness and joy and fulfillment. And it doesn't mean that you're not gonna, you could get whatever. Like there's a lot of stuff in the kingdom of God. There's just a lot of things that we can't do and why can't we do them? Because they hurt us, amen? And so we just keep inserting. <coughs> What do you think, what do you feel like if you were to look at yourself and be honest, and you, I don't ask, expect anybody to blurt it out, but when you're chasing that relationship, when you're tracing, chasing that drug, that alcohol, when you're chasing that money, right, what are you actually chasing? Like it ain't all about the racks. It ain't all about the Benjamins. It ain't all about the whatevers, right? Like there has to be more to it. Did you hear Eminem gave his life to Christ? What does Eminem not have that this world can offer him? That boy is filthy rich. Who's Eminem? <laughs> he's a rapper from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, lived on Eight Mile, and he grew up. He grew up spinning all these raps and laying out these lyrics and beats, talking about his, his ex-girlfriend, his daughter, and his mama. And he made millions doing it. Not, not very nicely. <laughs> right, not very nicely. But Kanye West, what's up with old boy? Right, like some of these guys, whether they're doing it correctly or whether they're not, there's a reason that they're looking for something more. So what were you chasing when you were looking for those things? What were you doing? Colossians 3, 12 to 14. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. How many of you guys would say you're not compassionate? How many of you guys would say that you don't have a heart? 
right? But somehow the actions in which you take are not a representation even of your own heart, right? Anybody get into stuff and then all of a sudden you're like, man, what did I do again? Or you yell at your kids and you're like, oh my gosh, this is killing me. I can't keep doing this. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. How are you doing with that one? How many of you guys would rather beat somebody down than forgive them? It's a lot easier, right? How about yourself? How many of you would rather beat yourself down than to forgive yourself so that you can get strengthened by Christ, renewed, and built back up, right? It's a lot easier because that's back into the cycle circus the cycle circle that you're part of and you just keep getting used to it. So you're beating yourself up and you're in this victim ring and you're going to stay there. You have to learn how to forgive yourself. You're built up in Christ Jesus. You have to know the truth about Jesus Christ that's right here in this book. Like if you want something different, change it. And yes, it's hard, but when we work together, we can help one another to get out and through and pass all the stuff. Right? Because what's going to happen? What's going to happen when mama and daddy are tore up from the floor up? How are they raising their kids? The best they can. And then we go, man, I, I really tried. I know this because that's what my mom did. I know what it's like to have a life of hell when you're growing up. And I know the fruit from that life. But I also know that God calls us to something more. That I had to forgive my mom, I had to forgive my dad, I had to understand who Jesus is and realize that I'm somebody new and that there's more in me than anything that I ever saw. And y'all are welcome to that same piece of pie that says you are perfectly and wonderfully and beautifully made in the image of God. That you are so much more than anything that this world could even offer you. But will you believe it? Will you take a minute? Will you take a minute to understand who you are in Jesus? Will you? And more than just Sunday, like this doesn't do it. This doesn't cut it. This is such a small fraction. We did the math last night and we're, we're figuring what about 100 hours that we have every week that's almost free. Best case scenarios. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love. What, what do you mean, love? Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another. Teaching and admonishing one another. Teaching and admonishing one another. Did you hear that? Yes. It means we better figure this thing out, y'all. Fifteen, 15 through 14. How about 14 to 15? Maybe 15 to 16. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. All right, 1 Thessalonians. And then we're out of here. Right when I'm done, after we go to this 1 Thessalonians, boss. 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 to 3. 
Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from, uh-oh, here it is again, sexual immorality. that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Some of y'all are out there thinking that's the only way that you're worthy, that that's all you got. It's not. Not in the passions of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress wrong has no one transgress and wrong his brother, and in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand, and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. So how many of y'all know what sanctification is? Right, so it's a process. So you enter in as what? Why, why do we talk about this rebirth thing? What happens? What do you give birth to? Mama's in the house. What do you give birth to? When you, when you, give, a, when you give birth, what comes out? A baby. So when you're born again, what are you? Remember that. Remember that. Because life and this process of sanctification... Right, if you think that you have to be all that and you need to be holier than thou and you don't know anything, what's the likelihood of reality? What's the likelihood that you're actually going to cut yourself a break and understand that you can take some time to walk through the process versus instead just saying, I ain't even entering into this. Like, I'm not good enough. Just because you gave your life to Christ, that's the start of it all. You're a baby. And it's okay, so now when people are busting your chops about you ain't much of a Christian, you say, well, I'm all of a Christian. I'm just new at this. Can you say that? Like, I'm just new at this. I'm figuring this stuff out. I'm just new at this. I'm just figuring this stuff out. That's right. Remember that in your head, bud. <coughs> right? And so it's super, super important to remember it because we all got to start somewhere. But if you don't ever start... What chance do you have of being? Right? It's got to start somewhere, y'all. It's got to. It's got to start somewhere. It's got to start sometime. What is your born on date? Right? So a few of y'all were baptized recently. What's the, what was that date? What day were you baptized? Exactly. And that's, it's funny, not funny, but it's so common because we don't celebrate milestones in people's lives when it's important. If worship team, if I could have you go up. We don't celebrate milestones in people's lives. We don't make a big deal out of it. Like it happened, yes, I remember. But what's the day? What's the day? And how is it that I've forgotten? It's important, right? So I just want to say thank you guys. Hey, kids. Hey. What you doing? Coloring. Coloring, that's awesome. 
I want to say thank you guys because I know it's tough. Is it tough to sit in church? For the kids? It's a little bit of a struggle. Like, I can't. But I want to say that you guys did a good job. Okay? I'm proud of you. Thank you for trying. The older kids get to teach the little kids how to do it. Oh, boy. Right. So if you guys will join us in worship, we'll, uh, we'll conclude this thing. <laughs>